The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Hey, everybody. I'm Zach. And I'm Jesse. And you're watching In Depth. This is the Q2 Earnings Call next on Now You Know. Now, we do a lot of research to put this show together. But have you ever tried to research about yourself? Well, we did, and what you can find out online is pretty scary. I looked up my name, and I found so many personal details, including things like past schools, employers, a summer camp that I went to when I was a kid, and a list of all of my close relatives. Even my girlfriend was listed. Get this. Every close relative was traced to me, except Zach. Yeah, I'm his dad, and I was not listed as a relative because I signed up for Delete Me. Delete Me experts find and remove your personal information online. With Delete Me, you have the power to control your digital identity and reclaim your privacy. Delete Me removes personal data from online sources, including but not limited to things like where you live, your social security number, where you work, and all your phone numbers. Now, once I started using Delete Me, I no longer found information about me when I searched for myself online. Delete Me will help keep your personal info private. And reduce risk from identity theft, credit card fraud, robocalls, spam, stalking, cybersecurity threats, executive and employee harassment, and unwanted communications in general. You know, I need to get Delete Me. <laughs> well, you can sign up for Delete Me at joindeletemecom and use our code NYK20 to get 20% off. Thanks to Delete Me for sponsoring this episode. Uh, before we get into the earnings call, where are we? We are in an undisclosed location in a completely off-grid solar-powered trailer. Yeah, pretty cool. We're mobile now. You can't stop us. You can't even find us. All right, so let's get into the highlights first before we get into the questions and the statements. So um, the big one I think a lot of people are going to talk about, and I think the reason why aftermarket the stock price is dropping is because Tesla dipped below 10% margins. But I want to stress, this is because of pricing, not because of cost. And so let's just go over what margins are. 9.6% operating margin, that's after taking out cost of goods, that's taking out labor, that's uh, all of your showrooms, all of that stuff, that's your profit. And it had been higher. Um, this is still one of the highest in the automotive industry, yes. though. It's not like they're dropping below Volkswagen or Toyota or something. No. But that's the big news, and everyone's all worried about it. But there's a lot of really good stuff that is in this earnings call that we're also going to go over. Yeah, it was record quarter for automotive production and deliveries, and they're approaching $25 billion revenue in a single quarter. Also, they're up to $23.1 billion in cash. They added $700 million to the bank this quarter. Yeah, they had $1 billion in free cash flow this quarter. And I think the most important number for me is income and $2.7 billion in gap net income. All right, so Elon always opens the calls and he had a bunch of things to say. And uh, basically he said that they are still targeting 1.8 million cars this year. So that's good. But he did say that Q3 will probably be down because of factory upgrades. Now we've gone through quarters where there were factory upgrades before and typically you see fewer deliveries. But then obviously once you put in the upgrades, you start <laughs> making more cars in the quarters after that. So there's something right. called the future, which is hard for analysts to understand. Future? But once, you, once one quarter happens, 
then the next one tends to come after oh. that one. So Q3 might have slightly lower deliveries, but then we should be seeing in like Q4 higher production and deliveries because the factories got better. Exactly. Yeah, Elon said long-term economy is going to drive volume through the ceiling. He said that the dedicated robo-taxi products have quasi-infinite demand. He did talk about the production candidates for the Cybertruck. He said that this should be the first time that a truck has a six-foot bed, has four doors, but can fit in a 20-foot garage. And he said it's going to feel bigger on the inside, and they care very much about the exterior dimensions, so they're caring about every last millimeter. They're trying to get that Goldilocks zone, not too big, not too small. He did stress again that deliveries will be later this year. Now, he didn't say Q3. But we've been seeing so much activity and and production. and I know, but I'm just saying he didn't stress Q3. So it might be that we're not going to get it in September like we hoped. Maybe it's going to be, you know, November. I don't know. He did talk about NAX, the Tesla charging standard. He was deeply honored. He said that Ford, GM, and Mercedes, among others, have signed up to use our connector and our charging network. But he did emphasize that Tesla is very open to licensing their FSD, their full self-driving, to other car companies, and they are in early discussions with an OEM. A major OEM, he yeah. said. So that's exciting as well. So now we'll move on to the say.com questions. Uh, this is sort of the section where uh, Tesla shareholders get to vote on which questions get asked to Tesla, you know, for response. Yeah, over 5,000 people wanted to know this first one, which they already answered, which is, has any automaker approached Tesla to license FSD? He didn't give us the name of it, but he said it was major. So mm -hmm. I don't know. Do you want to have any guesses about who it was? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, don't I know. really don't know who it would be. There's a question about the 4680 cell. Uh, the biggest takeaway, I think, from us was that uh, Texas has had a 80% increase quarter over quarter. Um, and it sounds like they're, you know, just doing a lot of work in, you know, improving the process. Uh, it, but it doesn't sound like there's any huge news other than that. Right. Third question was, can you talk more to the upcoming Tesla energy products and how your thinking has evolved on the revenue model? Given Tesla's AI capabilities, how do you see the long-term mix between the hardware margin and reoccurring software margin from AutoBidder as the segment accelerates? Drew Baglino responded. Um, he talked a little bit about Megapack. They've been seeing very strong demand and that Lathrop has been meeting the 2023 uh, demand. He also said that there was a second final assembly line that was coming along nicely. He talked about a lot of big projects around the world. They're using a lot of megawatt hours of mega packs. Um, he said auto bidder is growing, but you're not really going to see that on the bottom line because it's such a small percentage compared to the hardware cost. But he did say they reached a milestone of over 500,000 power walls on the residential side. And he talked about the VPPs in Texas. He said it's now open to Model 3 customers and very soon it'll be open to all Tesla customers in Texas. So it sounds like they were piloting it and keeping it small to make sure that it worked. And now it sounds like it's going to get a lot bigger. Fourth question was, could you quantify the benefits to cost of goods sold per unit from a IRA battery manufacturing incentive perspective and battery raw material declines year to date? So the big thing to point out here, as Zachary Kirkhorn, the CFO, pointed out, is that Tesla's getting extra money from the government through the IRA, right? And he said that's roughly in the $150 million to $250 million per quarter. Some of that money does go to Panasonic because mm -hmm. they make the batteries. Then he said the prices of certain things is coming down, which is great. Lithium has had a lot of price improvement. Aluminum and steel have also improved as well. And so he said on that side in Q2, they saved about $150 million to $250 million there. Zachary also went on to talk about how they're reducing costs in Austin in Berlin uh, during this quarter as well. Yeah, so it looks like the pricing of materials is actually going to save them thousands of dollars, they said, per vehicle. So that's, that's great news. 
Now, the big, I think this is probably the biggest piece of news. Uh, Brian K. asked, have you considered allowing FSD transferability as a lever to allow existing customers to upgrade to a new Tesla instead of being locked into existing cars due to the price of full self-driving? So what this basically means is if I bought my Model 3, which I did, and then I bought full self-driving, which I did, now my car has been aging and aging and getting older and older, and I still have full self-driving on it, but if I went and bought a new Tesla, I'd have to buy full self-driving all over again, and I really wouldn't see the value of my full self-driving, which is annoying. Well, guess what Elon said? He said, we get asked this a lot, and we're excited to announce that before Q3 transference of FSD, they'll have a one-time amnesty within the quarter of Q3. So basically, in Q3, it sounds like, and then only one that only that one time you can do what you just said transfer your fsd to a new vehicle and he said i hope this makes people happy but it's a one time thing so basically he's saying you have a limited time if you want to do this and in q3 that's the time to do it do you think that's going to make people happy not really yeah i think he kind of botched it here because he didn't give us much time to think i mean that means that now you're gonna have to go wait all of a sudden we have we have less than three months i have two and a half months right to get your finances together to buy a new car because i mean like i'm on a i'm on a cusp here like i bought the model three pretty early on you know 2018 and i'm like do i i don't want a new one but i i would want to transfer my full self-driving but do you know what i think this shows how confident he is that Full self-driving for real, what he's calling, you know, version 12 is coming soon. And I think if you think in Elon's terms, he's basically saying, quick, do it now because it's going to be amazing. Now, he admitted during this call that he's been wrong about the time frame before. I don't know if this is going to make a lot of people happy. I think it'll make some people happy. But I think if it's only really a one-time thing, it'll make other people unhappy. And then if it's not a one-time thing, if you find out later, like next year, that right. he does it again, it, you're going to be unhappy. It, so I don't know if he actually did the right thing here. Okay, I just, I don't get it. Also, mean? I mean, the, the important thing to me is who is going to hear about this within this very limited number of time, <laughs> you amount are. of time. Well, luckily you are, but like who, what other Tesla owners who bought the car and, you know, they want to buy a new one, but they don't want to have to buy full self-driving again. They need to hear about this. Right. How is Tesla going to communicate this Maybe they're going to send an email to all owners. Okay. You got to do it soon if we have to do it before no, I, I the agree. end of Q3. I agree. It's it's going to make a lot of people unhappy, and it's for no reason. He's admitted that FSD is going to make so much money for the company. So just make your existing Tesla customers happy who purchased it. Really happy. Yeah. G- get two quarters, three quarters. Give me some time here. Right. I just don't understand. Or one time for the rest of your life. Exactly. Or just at some point. It's like right. if if I have, you know, subsidized the company to allow them to work on full right. self-driving, I paid them thousands of dollars. Please, why why one time and only in a certain period of time? I I am not a happy customer, and I think that a lot of people aren't going to be either. I'm it's great that they're doing it, but again, why under such limited circumstances? Yeah, let us know down below what you think. All right, the next question from Ronald says, when will we get more information about our Cybertruck orders, estimated delivery schedules, pricing, and specifications? So Elon started off, he said that demand is so far off the hook, you can't see the hook. Very funny. Please tell me how how much my Cybertruck is going (laughs) to cost. 
Then he went on to say that the Cybertruck has a lot of new technology in it and that it's not like any other vehicle. It has 10,000 unique parts and processes. What's it, the price? It's to the point. And he said that we're going to be making them at higher volume next year and the deliveries start this year. So he didn't answer And he it. didn't tell us how much it's going to cost. Obviously, he didn't tell. I think as they're approaching final uh, production, they're getting their costs in line and they have to figure out what they are before they can tell us the pricing. So I'm guessing we're not going to find out till probably close to September. Mm-hmm. Next question was weird. It was a question about the critics of giga casting contend that the process makes vehicles harder and more costly to repair, essentially pushing cost onto the customer. Could you share some details about the initial repair experience with giga casted vehicles? So this question, which came from an, an anonymous institutional investor, all of the institutional investors get to anonymously pose their questions. Right. To where Tesla. everyone else has to put their name. Everybody else has got to put their name. That's weird. Um, but so the story has been, well, if you make one big part and then you smash the car, then the whole car is broken and it's going to be broken right. um, and you'll be totaled and that's going to be bad. Lars says this simply is not true. Lars, of course, is their head of engineering. And if you look at the way a typical car is built with spot welds and glue and parts all stuck together, when there's a, you know, a smash, you have to take those spot welds and drill them out and you have to take the glue and pull it out. And he said, basically, it's 10 times cheaper and three times faster to fix a rear casted part on a Tesla Model Y, let's say, than it is to do a typical car. So he's like, that's just not true. He said, we work with our own insurance company, so we have every incentive to make it cheaper and we continually try to make it cheaper and cheaper. And I mean, Elon chimed in and he said, I wonder why everyone's copying us then if if this is the case. And as Lars says, it's 10 times cheaper and three times faster to repair. Yeah. And Elon said the car is then lighter, cheaper, better vibration and better noise qualities and that they're closing the loop on body repair. So it, and Tesla's the only ones to do it. So, of course, if you're one of the other companies, you're going to make fun of them for it until you can get your line mm -hmm. up and running doing it. Uh, Benjamin asked how many Optimus bots have been made and when will they be able to start performing useful tasks? And Elon started with the joke. He said, 10 million. <laughs> Love it. And then he said, you know, five or six, 10, I guess. I mean, it doesn't matter how many bots, but because like they're all prototypes. Right. So one of them is going to have like a. OK, but I was blown away by the answer here. Uh -huh. OK, so he said there'll be more every month. But then he said how they haven't found any off the shelf actuators and stuff like that. They have to make them themselves. I totally get it. But the part that blew me away was that he said the first Tesla bot with the Tesla parts should be coming out around November-ish. They will start ramping up after that. And then the question of when will it do useful things, he said we're going to try it in our own factory. Useful sometime probably next year. He's pretty confident of that. That's interesting. Really interesting. I thought we were going to talk like four years from now or something. So then he said, he mentioned something that was really interesting. He said that there are 2 million amputees in the U.S. And he says that by combining Neuralink and a robot arm or leg, they can make a cyborg body that is incredibly capable. Yeah, $6 million man. He said in real life for $60,000. Wow. $60,000 man. And I mean, $6 million man, when I was watching as a kid, in, in inflation terms, that was like, I don't know, billion dollar man. <laughs> right. We can rebuild him. We have the technology. So now we're getting the technology to be able to rebuild people. Can you imagine being able to have a robot limb for $60,000? Well, I think that he means your all your limbs for sixty thousand dollars wow i don't i mean even if it was yeah even if it's just your arm that's amazing it, and he said there's potential here to help millions of people around the world that's insane yeah we got a pretty boring institutional question asked on say 
And there's a whole bunch of kind of boring answer. I think that the most interesting part, he says that he has a very high confidence in a 10X. And he stopped himself for a second because I think he didn't want to be like too positive, uh -huh. right? And he walked it back to 5X, mm -hmm. but he said basically a 10X value in Tesla. Um, and of course he said you can't predict these things, but he said that buy and hold is the right thing to do. Mm. So, I mean, I guess he's not a financial advisor, but he is Elon Musk. So he said when the market panics, buy when the market is exuberant, sell. Mm. Although he's like, maybe don't sell Tesla. <laughs> There's this question from Michael, kind of worrying about gross margins on the automotive side uh, because, you know, they dip below 10%. And Elon said, look, the short-term variance in gross margins is minor compared to the long-term picture. Autonomy, he said, will make all these numbers seem silly. He recommended that you listen to ARK Invest analysis because he said it's very good. He said, follow the smart finance people on Twitter because they're great. Obviously, he's plugging Twitter there. Um, and he said that he strongly believes Tesla is a great long-term investment. Zachary piped in. He was talking a lot of numbers and financials. And, and Elon said, it's ridiculous that we have positive cash flow while investing in expansion. And it is crazy because Zachary was talking about how much investing they're doing, in, like how much money they're spending. Um, and yet they're still having a positive cash flow. Um, and then Elon talked about vertical integration. He was like, we actually make our own shit. So then we get to the, not just in case you didn't have enough institutional investor questions, now we get to hear from the horse's mouths. Yeah, uh, the question from Barclays was, when does the payout happen for AI? Like, um, you're investing in AI, but when do we get more money for our Tesla shares because of it? And how much are you spending on Dojo? Elon says that they will be spending north of a billion dollars on Dojo. Um, he says that they're getting a staggering amount of video data to analyze. And, and, and basically what he said is if you're trying to compete with us, you're going to have to spend billions more because we have the data and mm -hmm. you don't. And then he knocked on LLMs. He said, if they're so great, then why can't they make a self-driving car? And he said it because it's harder. That's why. Right. Um, and basically he pushed again that Tesla has their own custom silicon and that's the best way to analyze video training. He did walk it back a bit. He said, look, if we could get enough NVIDIA hardware, we would take everything they have and we're taking as fast as they can deliver it to mm -hmm. us. But basically because they aren't, we have to pretty much make our own. Mm -hmm. And he again stressed, there's 10 million permanent injuries caused by automobile accidents every year. So if they can get to 10X better than human driving, that would mean only 100,000 deaths, which is still awful. And he didn't even, he wasn't satisfied with that. You could you right. could hear in his voice that he, he was like, that's not even good enough. We're going to need to get to 100X times right. better than So human. just stop and think for a second. He's not talking about, you know, some CEOs would be like, we're going to get to be as good as a human driver. No, he's saying he wants to be 100 times better than the best driver. There's a follow-up to that question from Barclays, a very good one, actually. It said, are you willing to sacrifice on your pricing to keep your 50% Kager, which is... What's Kager? Is that a party? <laughs> Going to the Kager later? Compound annual growth rate. Okay. All right. So do you get that, basically? Are you willing to lower your margins so that you can keep selling more cars? And Elon said, yeah. You know why? Because who cares what they're worth today? They're going to be worth five times that when full self-driving comes out. But worth to tesla or worth to the buyer um to tesla because when you get your full self-driving car you can only put it on what network the tesla network right and who's going to make money off that you I see. and tesla i see okay so the more cars they make the better yeah so he's going to sacrifice margins in favor of more vehicles because full self-driving will be the biggest value asset step change in history you've said that before he was asked by Deutsche Bank about what's the latest timing on full self-driving. Elon admitted he's been wrong before, but he said, my prediction now is that we will have it better than humans by the end of the year. 
not approved by regulators. And he said, look, I may be wrong this time, but the price of full self-driving is very low. Um, and we do remember offer a monthly subscription, which he said a lot of people don't know about, but you don't have to pay the $15,000 thing. He said you could do the monthly subscription. Keep in mind that price would go up. I think what he's trying to say is if he's right, when this comes out, you're going to wish you had bought it at that price. Right. Because, I mean, Deutsche Bank asked, like, don't you think you should lower the price of full self-driving since most people haven't got it? And he said, look, it's already cheaper than it should be. William Stein from Truist asked a question, which a lot of people are thinking about, which is, okay, Elon, you started XAI, this new AI company. Uh, shouldn't you kept that in-house and made the value of Tesla go up? And now you just like start a new company? Wah. Right. And Elon was like, and, and then he was like, so do you think this is going to hurt Tesla? And Elon went, no, I think it's going to help Tesla. <laughs> but he did bring up something interesting. He said the world's best AI engineers weren't willing to, to join Tesla. I could only convince them to do a startup. And I was surprised by that because I was like, well, I'd be willing to join Tesla. But I get it. A lot of them want to join a startup. Why? Because you get, instead of just a nice salary at Tesla and maybe some stock, you get stock in a startup, which if it's not worth much today and then becomes worth billions tomorrow, you're worth a whole lot more. It's it's the hope of being, you know, the next billionaire. Is this a, is this something that happens somewhere else in some other industries? Like that you have a big company and then they don't like spin off a company, but they like they form another company and then grow that company and then maybe buy that company or just turns into another like is that something that happens that i just don't know about i haven't heard about it it the comment down below is that like something that like oh yeah of course the the gm super duper secret skunks works company that you don't know about zach and jesse because you're idiots please tell me i want i would love to know there's a follow-up, which was, can you hit the 1.8 million cars this year with current pricing? And Elon said, well, the Tesla referral program that we restarted is going to be really helpful. But he did point out that credit card debt is looking kind of scary. Mm. Uh, lots of people are running up their debt. He's kind of telling you that the macro conditions are looking not so great. Right. He's been complaining about the macro conditions and being like, look, I can't control interest rates. Right. Because as interest rates are going higher, it means that the price of a car, especially if you borrow to buy that car, is getting more expensive. Right. Now, here's a question I don't think I've ever heard from one of these big institutional analysts before. Colin Rush from Oppenheimer asked, aren't you putting some companies out of business? Isn't there some, uh, man, you know, some geopolitical risk that you have to manage here? And uh, Elon didn't answer the question, really. He just said that that's why we should have factories in many parts of the world. But the question, I think, is more interesting. You have Oppenheimer asking Tesla Hey, when you put Volkswagen out of business, I mean, they didn't say Volkswagen, but. No, or I mean, pick any, pick any car company. He actually admitted basically that he thinks that they're going to put some companies out of business. Yeah. Which is something that Zach has been saying for like five years now, and nobody believed him. And now we have Oppenheimer saying that that's going to happen, that he sees this happening. And what is Tesla going to do yeah. to manage their political risk, their geopolitical risk? Well, to wrap it up, we should just go through some of the financial highlights, uh, some of the things that stood out to us. I mean, so the big one, that, again, people are going to talk about probably tomorrow and the next day and why the stock price probably will take a dip, uh, which is ridiculous in my opinion, but will be talk of the margins coming down. I'll bet you that's what all the CNBC kind of people are going to be talking about. It is down 493 basis points year over year, but that is because, well, they've gotten their costs into line, but they're lowering prices because they want to keep selling cars. And the beautiful thing about Tesla is they can change the prices as the demand changes mm -hmm. there, as Elon pointed out, we get, I get daily numbers of demand and production. And so 
I don't think this is a big deal at all. I think the good news is that their costs are coming down. As every day goes by at Berlin and Austin, they are getting the cost of each vehicle down. Well, and also, even at a 9%, it's more of a 10%, it's with 9.6% margin, um, there are companies that would kill yeah, exactly to have that i margin. mean volkswagen just set out to try and get to six percent right in the next few years by cutting costs and and tesla can cut prices exactly. by down to six percent still beat volkswagen because right. they're not going to hit the six percent and and help sell cars to more people yeah as interest rates are going up like we just talked about mm-hmm. it gets more expensive to borrow to buy a car exactly so you have to keep the prices low in order for people to afford them exactly that's why tesla's doing this exactly they can weather this kind of economic storm much better and they can do this they're lowering the prices just so that way more people can afford the cars and just to point out again free cash flow one billion dollars that's up 62 percent year over year They've had revenue growth of 47% year over year in Q2. Like we said before, $24.9 billion in just one quarter. That's insane. SNX production up 19% year over year. 3NY production? That's just up 90% year over year. And of course, there'll be the naysayers that solar was down. Uh, they made 66 megawatts last quarter, down 38% year over year. But storage was up 222% to 3.6 gigawatt hours. And superchargers, which everyone now values, they made 33% more of them year over year. Right. Oh, and take a look at their installed annual vehicle capacity, because if you're like, well, I don't think they can make 1.8 million cars this year. According to what the capacity of each factory is, they can actually make over 2 million. Yeah, take a look at those numbers for Shanghai, Berlin, and Texas. I, I think that a lot of people, A, forget that Shanghai exists mm-hmm. and makes more cars than uh, practically any of the other car factories. But look at California, 650,000 cars. Yeah. We forget, I, I forget about Fremont all the time. Right, and I just, I can't even believe that they're making this many out of Berlin and Texas. Yeah. Um, market share. You might be thinking, oh, well, this is market share of just BEVs. No. No. This is this is market share of all cars and as you can see in the u.s and canada they're about to hit four percent and they're about to hit three percent in europe this is the number of cumulative miles driven um, under fsd beta and you can see that it's just becoming the s-curve now it's just going vertical and when you're like well wait a minute what's that knee how is that possible um well if you know anything about derivatives that's basically the the rate of change uh you just need to give more people access to full self-driving beta which tesla did right at the knee of that curve i love this chart this is energy storage deployment in gigawatt hours and it's just insane look i mean it went from little numbers back in 2016 to ginormous numbers these are gigawatt hours of storage now, this one's cool. This is their gross margin on service. Remember back in the early days, they lose money on service, right? But now they're finally making money on service. Mm. Now, if you're a customer, you're like, well, that's not fair. They shouldn't make any money on it. Well, they should because they got to keep it sustainable for them. Mm. Oh, I like this little part. Uh, it talked about the fact that Lathrop, California, which is a, their mega factory, it's making, a, they're ramping up to 40 gigawatt hours, right? It's the quote, look at that, first of many. So they're going to just repeat this little mega factory. Yeah. And then some pictures. Um, picture I wanted to look at, Jesse, was this one, a dirty Cybertruck, which is awesome. But you pointed something out. Yeah. Um. You know, you see the windshield wipers swipe there, and it still looks pretty dirty. Now, and, But look, it's it's not dirty down at the bottom where just, there's the most pressure. Just at the bottom. I Look, I don't go mudding. 
I don't know if you can tell. Um, so I don't know like what you can see through and what you can't see through on the outside of my car. If my car got that dirty, I think I'd have a conniption. Um, I like to keep it relatively clean. I don't, you know, I don't clean it and wax it every week, but I don't get it that dirty. Um, so I don't know. You can is that like too much dirt? Did they? Is, do we have a I wiper know. problem? No. I, yeah. Let us know down below. I do. I honestly don't know. Maybe it's just the first wipe, and you know, maybe the second wipe takes care of it. Right. Um. Let us know down below. Also, let us know down below where you think we're located, because I would just love to see if you guys can guess where we are. Anyway, thank you so much for joining us, everybody. We love doing this show. Thank you to all of our Patreon supporters. If you want to support this show, head on over to Patreon. We do Patreon bonus stories every week for our patrons, and there's plenty of other perks out there. Including our Investor Club bonus stories. We have our Investor Club, which includes a dedicated Slack, which uh, everyone on our Investor Club joins, and you can talk all about Tesla and other disruptive companies and lithium mining, whatever it is that you're interested in investing about with people who actually get Tesla. So that way you don't have to deal with all the people who are like, well, I don't understand who what Tesla's all about. You can actually talk to real intelligent people. And can I just give you a fist bump? Because we built this studio. I mean, this was a trailer. Yep. And then we put giant batteries in it, inverters, solar panels, curtains, solar uh, desks, computers, all this stuff in it. Um, and we are off grid right now. We Completely. are not connected by wire to anything. Yes. All the power for our, we have it. We put an HVAC system in mm-hmm. here. We put a mini split. We are in a, it's a hot day wherever we are. <laughs> and uh, it is not hot in here because we got all the power for this from the sun. It's absolutely blowing my mind right now that yeah. we're pulling this off. So uh, yeah, th- we expect some improvements on the digs. Uh, we are going to be back in our normal studio, I think Maybe. most of the time, but uh, for whenever we need to be, out and about we can now bring this show on the road thank you so much for watching see you next time now you know bet mgm has an unreal deal for sports fans in virginia turn five dollars into 150 dollars instantly when you place your first wager at bet mgm simply download the bet mgm app and sign up using code champion 150 then Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.